What if I told you that God could be seen in the most ordinary things every day? That if we just took a break from the busyness of our lives to just stop and look around, to consider the things that we encounter all the time and overlook, the lessons that we would learn from our children and in our homes, our families, what if I told you that everyday ordinary events could teach us extraordinary eternal truths? Would you believe me? Hey everybody and welcome back to the Set Your Mind Above podcast. I'm your host BJ Sype. I am a Christian, a preacher, a husband, and a father. In this podcast, we take everyday, ordinary events and explore how they can teach us extraordinary eternal truths. I'm so glad that you've joined me for this episode. Now, let's open up our minds, our hearts, and our Bibles together. As we announced in last week's episode, I'm taking a short break from the podcast beginning with today. (laughs) If it hasn't happened already by the time that this episode airs, my wife will be induced to give birth to our third child this Thursday, and we are spending these next few days prepping all of the last-minute things that need done. Over the next few weeks, while I am taking paternity leave, we will have several guest speakers, the first of which I am very excited about. Jacob Hudgens is a friend who has been in ministry for 18 years and currently serves as an evangelist for the Twin City Church of Christ down in College Station, Texas. He and his wife Sarah are blessed with three children. If you listen to Kenny's Balancing the Christian Life podcast, I am sure that his name is familiar to you, particularly the recent episode on grace where Jacob and Edwin Crozier sat in as guests. Jacob is one of those guys that I look up to and aspire to be like in my work and in my faith. He is humble, thoughtful, well-studied, and is able to take complex topics and simplify them in ways that simple minds like my own can understand. Jacob is also an accomplished author, and you can find his work at www.jacobhudgens.com, as well as amazon.com. He so far has written two books and two devotionals. His first devotional takes you through the Gospels in a year, while his newest devotional is so appropriately about exploring God's grace. I cannot wait to read them both. The two that I have already read are his books, one, The School of Christ, Learning Character from Jesus, and also, secondly, Humility Practice, 27 Ways to Think Less of Yourself and of Yourself Less. As a matter of fact, one of our classes here in Danville just went through his humility book together. And let me tell you, I didn't realize how much I needed it. I cannot encourage you enough to get plugged into Jacob's work. Trust me when I say that your faith will be both challenged and edified in doing so. 
I am so thankful that he agreed to spend some time sharing his thoughts with us today in my absence. So, without any further delay, Jacob, the floor is all yours. Hi, everybody. My name is Jacob Hudgens, and I'm filling in for BJ this week. I want to talk to you about crepe myrtles and the gospel. A few years ago, we moved to a new home in Arkansas, and the previous owner was in the military, had been away from home for a while. It had also sat on the market for several months, and so that all meant that the house was seriously overgrown. One holly bush was about 30 feet tall. There were vines hanging all over the fence. But what really got my goat was that somebody had planted a couple dozen completely out-of-control crepe myrtles. Now, I'm not much of a gardener or a landscaper. I read up on how you tend crepe myrtles. You cut them back at a certain time of year, and some people cut them back really aggressively. In fact, I found there was a whole debate about how much you should cut them back, and some people called it crepe murder. But it's amazing no matter how much I cut back those crepe myrtles, they just kept growing. And I have to admit, it got a little personal. I grew to hate those crepe myrtles. There were so many of them, and they wouldn't stop just making more work for me. Ants were drawn to them. They would drop their crepey little flowers on the ground all over the yard. And they just kept getting bigger and bigger. So some of the big ones I, I cut down with a chainsaw. And then a week later, there were all kinds of shoots and branches coming up. And even when I pulled out the whole root structure, they still kept coming back. You just can't kill them. They're just going to grow. More than any other thing, that's what drove home to me what Jesus is saying with his parables about the kingdom of God being like a seed growing. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it's larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Matthew 13, 31 and 32. Seeds are tiny, especially mustard seeds, but they grow and grow and grow, and they become something much bigger and better and more impressive than how they began. Jesus says that God's kingdom is that kind of disproportionate, unstoppable force. It's like that crepe myrtle that just keeps growing and thriving and moving. Paul talks about the gospel that way in Colossians 1.6. He says the gospel has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Like a seed that you take to a different continent, but that grows in every soil, the kingdom of God just keeps bearing fruit and increasing. This is God's word. This is God's work. Like those crepe myrtles, you just can't stop it. So knowing that God works in this way, that little things become big things in this kind of unstoppable manner, knowing that the gospel keeps bearing fruit and increasing wherever it goes, changes us. It means that we need to value small things because small things 
can make big changes. Like a little seed that becomes a big tree. Or like a tiny crepe myrtle shoot that grows to 30 feet and clutters up my yard. So big things start small. I made the decision to preach the gospel at 12 years old because of an offhand comment someone made in my general direction. It's hard for me to calculate how many lives have changed from such a small thing. There was one crucial conversation that got me serious about my life in Christ. I can still tell you the date and the tone of that one important talk. And that makes me wonder. A kind word, a small deed, an act of service in just the right moment. And suddenly, doors open. Hearts soften. Life directions change. Something big begins to grow from something small. So don't neglect the little things. They're seeds. It also means that the gospel creates an entirely different thing than its beginning. A mustard seed creates a large tree. Now, they're related, and you can kind of trace the growth, but they're nowhere near the same. And that's what happens with people, too. People the kingdom gets a hold of are never the same. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, decides to give half his goods to the poor. Another tax collector leaves his job and later writes one of the most influential books in human history. A demon-possessed man is suddenly clothed and in his right mind, ready to go tell what the Lord has done for him. A woman with a shady past, who's sitting at a well, suddenly becomes an evangelist for Jesus. It's not just that people mature as they get older. When the gospel gets a hold of people, they become fundamentally different. When the gospel gets to work in our hearts, when we fully give over to Jesus, love and joy and peace and patience and self-control begin to form. Now, when we see that, we should take note. In time, it becomes obvious, just like that crepe myrtle, that at first puts out shoots. But then, as time goes by, it grows and begins to blossom. Everyone can tell something is growing there. So we too, when we see these things in our hearts and the hearts of others, we should take note. This is God's work. This is the gospel. Jesus has been here. The Spirit is in you. And then, we may notice that the gospel also begins to spread out from us. Just as trees put out more and more seeds. And so others are drawn to our growth. And the process begins again. We suddenly find openings for us to share what God is doing in our lives so that he can begin that work again, afresh, in someone else's life. And so for them, some small thing grows into something much bigger, and God is at work, 
creating something entirely different from its beginning. I really do hate crepe myrtles, but I live in a kind of frustrated awe of them. But the gospel doesn't frustrate me. It amazes me. I see God at work all around me. So I want to encourage you to go plant those seeds of kindness and goodness and gospel teaching and watch them take root and grow. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. And I would invite you back every Tuesday for a brand new episode each week. If you haven't already, be sure to find us on Facebook for occasional announcements and special video sessions. If you have benefited from this podcast, please, if you're able to, be sure to share it with someone else that you think could benefit from it as well. Until next time, know that I love you, that God loves you, and may we all, each and every day, set our minds above.